Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness. I'm your host, J.J. White, and with me is my co-host, Kelsey Bridges. All right, today's topic, what are the blind spots in your way to greatness? First, thank you for being on our show here today. So the reason I picked this topic is because I personally have way too many blind spots, but that's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? (laughs) How would I know I have blind spots? I'm blind. I can't see them, mainly because I just keep finding these suckers everywhere. And um, so I I thought I'd start with a very personal story of of my journey with blind spots. And we'll talk more about what blind spots are later. We'll, We'll get into all that detail stuff. So um, when I decided to do this topic for the show, we were at the pool over the weekend, and I, Sam was in the pool with the kids, and I, I went over and said, I, I need some research here. What are my blind spots? And she just looked at me and kind of looked at me, and she's like, can I think about that? I was like, no, I need to know what they are right now, because I know you know. I know you know what they are. And she just kind of looked at me and said, you know, you seem to be a little inflexible sometimes. You kind of like things a certain way. I don't know if that's a blind spot or not, because I totally agreed. <laughs> and, and I usually know when it happens. But to, to her credit, to her credit, I, t- I tell you what, it, it certainly happens more often than I would give credit to myself. Um, and, and by the way, you know, our show's an hour. I could spend the whole show just talking about my blind spots, but I'm not going to. Kelsey, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Or good morning or good, good evening, morning. depending on where you're listening Whatever from. What are your blind spots? Oh, it's so funny that you said that, how you're being inflexible, because I feel like that is definitely one of my number one blind spots, is I want everything to go according to plan, and if it doesn't, start to freak out. So we got issues. You, you and I have issues. We both do, yes. Yeah, we work in the same office. <laughs> We're on the same show together. I don't know. Radio is kind of cool for people that are being inflexible. I mean, it's pretty strict, you know. you That's got true. time and stuff like that. So how has this affected your path to greatness over, over the course of your life? Well, I just, if I don't have a plan, then I get really upset about it almost. It's almost like cause conflict sometimes where I'm like, with my parents, we're trying to plan something, and mm-hmm. my dad's famous line is, we'll play by ear. <laughs> Hate that. Hate that. Feeling. And I'm like, Dad, I need a plan. I need to know what we're doing yeah. so I can plan it. I can get everything ready. I know if I need to eat or if I need to bring snacks. Yeah. <laughs> you know I like to bring snacks with me if I know we're going to have a long day. Yeah. I eat your granola bars all the time. Yes. They're rather squished. <laughs> um, so... On this whole, let's kind of hang out on this inflexible thing or, or, or being more flexible topic because I think this is a really important thing for most people aside from the whole blind spot thing. Um, there's a lot of upside to being inflexible. You know, I think of like some of the greatest people ever in business, they, they had to be pretty strict, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. they had to be pretty locked into a certain pathway. Um, Patton, right? I mean, the dude had goals. We just celebrated D-Day yesterday from uh, from this show right now today. And, uh, you know, he, he kicked butt. And he couldn't be all wide open and be like, ah, you know, let's just see how it goes. Let's play the whole thing by ear. Let's play this whole D-Day thing by ear. <laughs> um, Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Apple is one of the most successful companies in the entire world because of the foundation laid by Steve Jobs. And, and let's face it, his mantra was, it just, it just has to be this way. Period. Mm-hmm. There's no flexibility here. This is how it's going to be. And I remember some things that he let happen in his business, and he kind of went back and mocked it and said, see, look what happens when I let you get off the reservation a little bit. <laughs> so what else, Kelsey? What else are some of your blind spots? I'll pile on this in a minute. Oh, Lord. Well, I think also one of my worst ones is not listening, or yeah. I'm listening to respond and not actually listening. Yeah. It doesn't it goes out one in one ear and out the other, and then I'm thinking of a response while I'm doing it. Yeah. Which is really hard, especially because I, in my sorority at school, I am in charge of formal recruitment. Okay. And when you're talking to these girls, I'm thinking of the next question. Yeah. I'm not thinking about what they're actually saying. Yeah. And that is the worst. Now that I look back on it. Do they see that? I don't know. I feel like they might. 
or if they're really paying attention or they're just happy to be talking and, and talking about themselves. It could go either way. Yeah. Um, we, we did some research on Facebook Live earlier this week, and um, Soretta, out in the sunny state of California, when, when, when I'd ask, what are your blind spots? She calls them certain tells. <laughs> and her tell is that when she's annoyed, she closes one eye quickly. That's, that's, that's detailed. Yeah. Can you imagine finding that out about yourself? That when you're annoyed, <laughs> you give like physical body language signals. Mm-hmm. And if you're around somebody enough that they actually pick it, they pick that up really quickly. I'd, I'd feel like I'd want to wear a bicycle helmet with one of those mirrors on it so you can <laughs> see behind you and just tilt it towards my eyes. So I'm like, oh, wait, I just blinked. Oh, my gosh. They know I'm annoyed. That would be so funny. Gosh. I've known Shredder for a while. I've never seen her wear a bicycle helmet with a mirror on it. So um, here's another big one for me. This one's actually really, really huge. Um, sometimes I just don't care. I just shut down. Um, and it's not really for anything specific. Like, I just, I can tell. It's like, I'm done right here. I'm just done. I'm done with this situation i'm done with this like conversation and that's that's a really bad blind spot because uh, i often don't notice it until it's over do you think that's gotten worse as you've gotten older or maybe once you got married Kelsey, i think everything kids? has gotten worse in my <laughs> life since no i'm just kidding um certainly uh, certainly my body's fallen apart i did a hundred mile bike ride a few weeks ago and i think i left one of my limbs out on the trail um <laughs> I, th- I think it's easy to slip into these really bad habits as you get older because mm-hmm. you start to get set into stone, not like concrete stone, maybe like jello. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and over time, it's easier to – if you're working hard on it, you can have better self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the value in this whole exercise is. So we're going to take a short break, hear from our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what exactly is a blind spot and what can we do about it. Hey, my name is Asher Purvis, General Manager of WNTW 820 The Answer. After experiencing high employee turnover, I remembered my mentor stories about taking the Dale Carnegie course, so I knew where to turn when my troubles began piling up. The Dale Carnegie course was a great success. My turnover issues were solved, my potential unlocked, and I began to pick up additional sales as well. That's why I stand behind the Dale Carnegie course. The Dale Carnegie course put my career on a trajectory for greater success, and it can do the same for you. In fact, I've heard CEO after CEO mention the Dale Carnegie course as being pivotal for their success. Don't take our word for it. Go to DaleCarnegieRichmond.com to register for the upcoming free preview session on June 8th. This is a career-changing decision, and spaces are limited. Don't wait. Register today for the free June 8th session. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Before the book How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie Course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people have experienced Dale Carnegie Courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. Register to attend a free preview of the Dale Carnegie Course on June 8th. Register today at DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. All right, we're back on The Great People Show, and we're talking about blind spots. So what exactly is a blind spot? Well, the textbook definition here is a behavior, maybe an attitude that you have that you cannot see for yourself in the moment, but other people can see that in you. And uh, the the term, I, you know, I didn't do a lot of history research for the show, but uh, I, I first saw it in something called the Jahari Window, and I... It, advise anyone to Google that, look at it. It's a visual. Um, one of the quadrants is the blind spot. Another quadrant we may talk about here on the show is called the facade. I bet nobody listening to the show has ever put on a facade. So the blind spot um, is really what uh, other people see in us all day long that we cannot see in ourselves most often. 
And the story I'm going to open up is uh, maybe to identify one of these blind spots. Uh, it, 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 it has to do with the fact that you don't have to be unconscious to have a blind spot. I mean, you don't have to be completely checked out to not notice something about yourself. You mm-hmm. could be very aware of it, mm-hmm. but not realize the effect it has on other people around you. And um, this story is, I'm going to, this is going to be a time travel story for many of you, because at one point in the history of the United States, there were telephones inside a house that when someone would call the telephone, it would actually be for anybody in the house. I know it's shocking to hear that. And if you want to go back even further, these telephones, you used to cuss people because they had lots of zeros in their phone number because you had to take all that dial all the way around. I mean, that was work. So, um, Back in the day, the phone would ring, and there was caller ID, a little box next to the phone, and you see who's on the caller ID, and you just yelled in the rest of the house, tell them I'm not here, okay? Well, obviously, they, they knew consciously they weren't telling the truth because they were there, but what if you have small children in the house, and you're telling your kids, tell them I'm not here, and uh, this came up uh, one time. I, I don't remember where the conversation was. This came up, and someone said to me, you know, when that happens, you're really teaching your kids how to lie. It's like, oh, wow, that hurt. <laughs> and so the jahar, the um, the blind spot here is you know you're not being truthful. You know you're just telling a little white lie. It's a spammer. It's no big deal. But you've just taught your children how to lie. And that's the blind spot. It's the effect that our actions and behaviors not just have on us and our own attitude, but also have on the people that are around us, especially if you're a kid and you have a parent teaching you how to do these things. Lizzie on Facebook Live says that her blind spot is to always assume the best in people. And that's a powerful word, always. You're shaking your head, Kelsey. Is that you too? Well, not always. but <laughs> not, not that often. <laughs> but always, it, how you were saying, it was, a, it was a powerful word. Yes, yeah. it is. You ever been burned by that? By always? Or, <laughs> by by seeing the best in other people. Uh, sometimes, because yeah. then you get kind of, you get blindsided yeah. almost yeah. when they're not like the best, when you assume they are the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I made a list. I made a list of some of my most common blind spots that I see in other people. Um. Number one, I'm out, actually, let's do this Letterman style. Let's start from the Bodman work our way up. Okay. <laughs> There's only five. So number five on the top 10 list, <laughs> top five list, is waiting for performance to change or really just waiting for anything to change. Like we just hang out thinking, oh, this situation is going to get better. Um, it, it, something's going to change any minute. It, it, this really ties into our last show topic, which was when to quit. Mm-hmm. It's just, just give it one more minute, give it one more hour, give it one more day. And it, the reason this is a blind spot is because we are just so locked in to waiting, to being on the train and waiting for the next station to show up. We just truly believe it's always going to be there. And, and we don't see for ourselves the fact, and here's why it's a blind spot. We don't see for ourselves that ain't going to happen. You can sit there for, for 10 years and it ain't going to happen. But we are surrounded by people, surrounded by people that see it and we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you we're going to talk a lot about this on every show that we do, but that's very reminiscent of relationships. I mean, how many times have you seen someone in a relationship and you know they should get out? Mm-hmm. It's so easy to say you should get out <laughs> <laughs> until you actually have to do it. And, and I bet you say it a lot behind their back. Yeah. They need to get out of that relationship. And then you see them the next time and you're like, oh, I really ought to say something. But you just you just don't have the courage and the heart to break it to them because mm-hmm. because they think you're trying to sabotage their relationship. Oh, you just don't want to see me happy, do you? <laughs> well, it could go one way or the other. They I either appreciate it or they hate you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Number four on the top five list, not communicating expectations. This And it doesn't sound like that big a deal. When I first wrote this, I was like, ah, oh, that's not that big a deal. But then when I started thinking about it, it's like, oh, my gosh. So um, a gentleman that I recently had the privilege to meet, Joel Salatin, who owns Polyface Farms. You may know Joel from um, Food, Inc. documentary. He was also in a book called Omnivore's Dilemma. And um, 
his quote, I'm going to chop it up a little bit, um, is nothing destroys a relationship faster than unspoken expectations. Wow, man. I mean, think about any situation you've been in where you've been frustrated because somebody's not doing something the way you want it to do or a situation's not going the way you want it to go, and they have absolutely no idea you what you're expecting. You communicate it. Well, you kind of did because you thought about it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You said it to yourself mm-hmm. dozens of times, <laughs> but for some reason they didn't hear us. I don't know why, right? I thought about it 10 times, but I never said anything. Number four. And I just generally call this one external awareness. Number three, clearly a blind spot is counting for me, (laughs) specifically counting backwards. Thank goodness you're in the room, Kelsey. (laughs) By the way, uh, just so you know, and those of you watching Facebook Live here, we have two Kelseys in the room. So there's K1 and K2. So if you ever hear me say that by accident, that's why. So K1 said, I'm on number three, and that's external awareness. And here's why I put external awareness, because so many people are not aware of what's going on around them. The behaviors of other people, the situation they're in. And one of my favorite is when you're having a conversation with someone and you're just ready to go. All right. Well, it's good seeing you. And you start to physically back away. And what do they do? Get closer. Get closer. You're like, (laughs) oh, man, you're not paying attention right now. They just cannot see this. They cannot feel it. But really, I mean... that's what we're talking about here. Most blind spots are very emotional. They're behavior-based. They're what we see, observable behaviors, but they are rooted in emotion. And oftentimes that emotion is driving us to the self-centeredness. It's a very powerful emotion. So it's just being aware of what's going on around you, that, that, that other people, that you can't say these certain things to other people. And if you've ever been a manager of people any time in your life, you've probably been involved in a conversation where somebody said, he said, what? <laughs> or she did what? Are you kidding me? And you know the rest of that conversation is they had no external awareness. They did not realize the effect of their actions. It's very powerful. Number two, how am I doing on the math? You're doing good. Okay. Too. Yes. Number two, because we're getting more powerful here as we go, the need to be right. It takes courage to walk away, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. I uh, was recently in a seminar with Marshall Goldsmith, who wrote the book, What Gets You Here Won't Get You There. And um, I can't remember exactly what he called it, but he called that the number like the number one thing that holds people back, which in, in the terms of this show, uh, you could label it as the number one thing that holds you back from greatness mm-hmm. is the need to win. And when you apply that winning to relationships – Boy, oh boy, you're in a lot of trouble. You're competing now. And what do you so so if you're in a relationship and you need to be right, Kelsey, what do you get from that? What are the what are the what are the byproducts of being right and winning? Well, it makes you feel good. And sometimes, like depending on what it is, you feel maybe smart. Yep. Or I don't know. Just you feel you better. You just feel better, yeah. yeah. How do you think that makes the other person feel? Then they feel like crap. A loser. <laughs> Nobody wants to feel like a loser, but unfortunately, when we have that need, that desire, that overwhelming passion to be right, and we win, they don't. Mm -hmm. They lose. And we've caused them to be a loser in that moment, and that's really bad. It takes a lot of courage because because your number one answer, which I believe is everyone's number one answer, is because it feels good to win. It feels good to be right. Mm -hmm. It's so short-term. That's so short-term. It is. And um, and, in that feeling of being right and winning is what really causes that blind spot to happen. I mean, it just it just covers up the whole thing. And number one, before we get to number one, if you're on Facebook Live, tell us what your number one blind spot is, what you see in others. Maybe you want to confess and tell us yours. Number one, drum roll. We don't have a sound bite for drum roll. (laughs) Talking too much and just not listening. People just talk, 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 talk. Blah, 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 blah. And you may have heard the saying, you've got one mouth and two ears. You should be listening twice as much as you're talking. And um, when you talk, Kelsey, just in a general sense, when, when you're doing most of the talking, what are you talking about? Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on the situation. Uh, well, you're is this probably a blind talking, spot for you? You're probably talking about yourself. Oh, ding, ding, ding. 
that was kind Maybe of that's what you were that looking answer. for. Yeah, thanks for helping me fill in the blank. <laughs> um, yeah, because naturally, that's what we're doing. We're 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 talking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought this up to one of our clients the other day. Um, he's he has a family gathering um, where his 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 spouse's family tends to uh, talk too much about themselves. And I said, all right, here's your, here's your measuring stick. He was heading off to Kentucky and he's going to spend a whole week with him. I said, here's your measuring stick. When you're in conversations and you're listening, count how many times they ask a question. And he's like, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard any of them ever ask a question. It's, it's stellar when you get into a conversation with someone or you're just listening to people talk in a room how many people don't ask questions? And if you're not asking questions, you're either being a great listener because you're not saying anything or you're talking too much about yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was my top list. Anything that you want to add as far as you see in other people with a blind spot? Oh, me. Yeah, I thought you, you were talking to Facebook. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you Facebook too. Well, that's so funny that you said that with the like family reunion because my mom does the same thing when she's with her family. When we do family reunions with her side – She's one of nine oh, siblings. Wow. So it's always who can get their word in first, who has the best story, because that's what, how they've grown up. They've constantly been competing mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. I think one of the um, one of the ones that we were talking about in the car was difficulty expressing emotions, Yeah, which can be hard because you don't want to seem too emotional, but you don't want to seem like not fun at all yeah. either. So it's. That's a very fine line. Yeah, there was a lot of that coming up on the Facebook poll that we did. Um, Chris Romain from high school. What up, Chris? Trying too hard to impress people or thinking I have to live up to a certain level of success. Mm-hmm. You know, my advice, because I get there too, I think we all do, is instead of being a second-rate them, be a first-rate you. That's about changing your frame of mind, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Another one, I've been t- told I'm too hard on myself, but I can't see it. Self-critical. I love this one from Mimi. Mimi Hager from high school. I think too highly of my good qualities and am too critical of my bad ones. Wow. There's a big gap there, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's a lot of medical reasons people were bringing up on, on blind spots. You saw yeah, that? Yeah, I noticed yeah. that when I was reading them. Yeah. Well, Matt, of course, Matt from Matt's Dirty Pickles. We're going to have to make him an advertiser if I keep doing this. <laughs> said, wearing my emotions on my sleeve. Yeah, that, that can lead to danger zone, can it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can get, really get us in trouble. Ryan Eltringham on Facebook says, what a great show, JJ. Thank you, Ryan. We're going to take a break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Brandon and Val about, uh, Brandon and Val about blind spots. You're listening to The Great People Show. My name is Asher Purvis, General Manager of WNTW 820 The Answer. After experiencing high employee turnover, I remembered my mentor stories about taking the Dale Carnegie course, so I knew where to turn when my troubles began piling up. The Dale Carnegie course was a great success. My turnover issues were solved, my potential unlocked, and I began to pick up additional sales as well. That's why I stand behind the Dale Carnegie course. The Dale Carnegie course put my career on a trajectory for greater success, and it can do the same for you. In fact, I've heard CEO after CEO mention the Dale Carnegie course as being pivotal for their success. Don't take our word for it. Go to DaleCarnegieRichmond.com to register for the upcoming free preview session on June 8th. This is a career-changing decision, and spaces are limited. Don't wait. Register today for the free June 8th session. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Before the book How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie Course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people have experienced Dale Carnegie Courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. Register to attend a free preview of the Dale Carnegie Course on June 8th. Register today at DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. All right, we're back on The Great People Show. I'm your host, JJ. 
And if you have some ideas for the show, if you want to contribute to this topic, you can email me directly. I'm JJ at GreatPeopleShow.com. You can also catch us on Facebook, Great People Show. Twitter, Great People Show. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. And on the show with us right now is a friend, a colleague, and just a generally wild and sarcastic dude, but he's awesome at that. It's Brandon Robinson. I met Brandon through the Virginia Society of Association Executives, and he deals with a lot of people. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks, JJ. Good to hear from you, man. It's been a while. I hadn't talked to you in, what, a couple days? Yeah, it's got to be at least 72 hours plus. <laughs> what did so, I tell you? I'm having withdrawals, man. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to to my world. <laughs> so uh, today we're talking about blind spots, and I'm curious from your perspective, what are the blind spots you see most often in others? Well, it, it's it's funny. You, um, I think you you made a comment about being sarcastic, right? <laughs> uh, in the in in my intro, yeah. and oddly enough, that's one of um, what I see oftentimes as a big leadership blind spot. Yeah, um, is this idea of you know we love sarcasm. I'm I'm the worst at it, uh, or the best. Um, oh, take it. Yeah, take that either way, right? But as leaders, sometimes we 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 make sarcastic comments to folks we're quote-unquote trying to lead, be on their team or what have you, and not really realizing the impact that that may have in a negative way towards driving a culture, you know, a, a different way. And, and to, I guess, put it in an example, if you think about, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in your work situation and one of your reports, your leader, mm-hmm. manager, what have you, one of your reports walk by their desk and they're looking at Facebook or maybe they're thumbing through People magazine or something. Yep. And you're like, hey, this is, you know, this is no big deal. You take five minutes to break from work, no big deal. You don't care about it, but you make a, a sarcastic comment yep. about it. And so that person, you may have a great relationship. Ninety percent of their brain is going, hey, that's cool. We have a great relationship. My boss can joke with me. But there's that 10 percent that's sticking there going, oh. Ooh, ooh, maybe that wasn't a good thing. And so you're, you're driving culture probably not where you want to drive it yeah. um, by just being sarcastic, yeah. and believe you me, I've, I've seen this, um, on, and I'm, you know, I'll raise my hand and say I'm guilty of it, um, big time. Do you have a, um, do you have a personal example where your, uh, your natural gift of sarcasm just didn't go your way? <laughs> well, it's it, funny. Um, so years ago, I kind of got that lesson directly from a, a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having a. You know, it was an internal mentor, um, and so he's you know working through some leadership things, and he's he's teaching me and such. You know, and the the, the day's lesson was about using sarcasm. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm I'm really bad uh-huh. about that. Okay, I need to get that. So later that day, just happened to be the um, white elephant Christmas holiday party exchange with the office. Mm-hmm. My gift was a hundred best sarcastic sayings for youth Perfect. at work. It was a book, <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? And, of course, there's, I think there were 30 people in our office. So it's white elephant. So you can end up with, you know, one in 30 chance. Yeah. Who ends up with the daggone book? He does. Of course. So at the end of the night, I'm going to him. I'm like, Steve is his name. I said, Steve, I can't believe today you gave me this lesson, and then you end up with the book, and this is the book I put in the thing. So I'm sorry. I'll take it back. You know, we had a good laugh about yeah. it, but, uh, you know, that's – that's why the sarcasm piece is always going to stick in my mind because it had a good object lesson at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it, we haven't talked about this on the show yet, but uh, it's easy to, to see blind spots as being a negative thing. But people have positive blind spots too, right? There's, there's good qualities about us that other people see, but we don't see for ourselves. And I'm curious if, if, if anyone over the course of your career or, or your life, someone has said, you know, you really have this gift of X, and you went, what? No. Is that, has that ever happened to you? Um, gosh, it's a blind spot, right? So I'm not supposed to good see question, it good huh? or bad. Right, right. right. Um, that's, a, that's a tough question. I don't know that anyone's directly said that, and I've gone – Huh? I mean, candidly, yeah. I feel like anytime someone gives me a, a compliment of that magnitude, I'm always like, oh, shucks. oh well, I didn't <laughs> think about that. Yeah, oh, shucks. No, I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> so I could probably do a better job of identifying. But I think someone earlier was talking about, you know, this idea, which is not exactly answering your question, JJ, but um, trusting people too much or oh, yeah. um, thinking the best of people too yeah. much yep. um, as, 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 a, as a blind spot. and. 
you know, again, raise my hand there, guilty as charged. Well, you know, that's a great point, because what what we didn't add to that part of the conversation was the fact that um, the net effect of giving, of seeing the best in people is you're going to win more often than you're going to lose. I mean, for the 10 people that you see the best in them, one, if one disappoints you, guess what? Nine didn't. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, and you're going to inspire seven to eight of those ten to do – hopefully you're going to inspire them to be better than they would have been otherwise because you might have saw something in them that they didn't see. Yeah. Then gets back to your positive blind spot. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you you really, really wanted to tell someone about one of their blind spots, about something they were doing, and you just couldn't bring yourself to do it, but you finally got the courage and you did it – and if you did, I'm curious how that went. Like if there's someone in your life that you were coaching and you're just like, I really don't want to do this because they're not going to take it very well. Maybe it went well. Maybe it didn't go well. Um, I can't talk about a, a coaching uh, situation. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think, you know, um, generally speaking, I've had some tough conversations actually the other way. Okay. So oh, with, people with coaching leaders. you. Well, no. Oh. Folks who who I might be reporting to, or in oh. some kind of you know okay. um, hierarchy situation, they're above me, yeah. and having the um, to, to you know hopefully the term's not trademark, but having a crucial conversation Uh-oh. with them to say, <laughs> hey, were you aware of this and this yeah. happened? Um, and what blows me away every time I, I get to the point of doing that, I mean, literally stomach and knots, your cold sweat, oh, yeah. you're like uh, you know this is going to be you know, whether it's going to be. You know, a board member, you're going to create a rocky relationship or a boss maybe, and you're like, no, I'm going to say it and get fired. But every time in my experience, everyone on the other side of the table has said, wow, first of all, thanks for being brave and coming to me with that. Didn't realize that and, you know, did something uh, to ameliorate the situation. Um, So That's an important perspective because – you have to take an inventory before you do something like that, don't you? I mean, you really have to see, okay, uh, it, it's one thing to play this as a movie in our head going, okay, if I say this, then they're going to say that, mm-hmm. and then this is how horrible it's going to go, and they're going to slam the door and store. But if you take a really solid inventory of um, what what kind of relationship do I have with this person? And, and, and this might be a little too mushy for the audience, Brandon. Hey, it may be too mushy for you. But I think there has to be a certain level of love between two people for this to go well. I think you have to care enough about them to really want to see them succeed because let's face it, if this conversation doesn't go very well, um, it, it's it's not going to be the bright spot of my day, so why would I even bother? Which I think is why most people don't do it. They just don't want to have to deal with it. But you really have to have a level of caring, call it love, whatever, play the background music of the hummingbirds, whatever. I don't know if hummingbirds Heck, make noises. I, I'll, I will go down that road. Go. You, know, when it, you know, when I was thinking about, hey, what are... What are some of my blind spots? Mm-hmm. I think some of my blind spots are not turning that dial enough Ooh. to focus on the person or the relationship early on, you know, and you get six months down the road, a year down the road, you might get bitten, some goes the other way, and you go, hmm, if I'd have focused on the person and the relationship better yeah. than maybe the results or driving something too hard, yeah. then... I, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. So, like, you know, if we think personally, what are your blind spots? For me, it's relationship and people, and making sure I'm focusing on the people. Um, you know, not to the detriment of the results, but at the end of the day, the the people, the relationships matter more. So, I think your comment about love not too mushy at all for me. Yeah, let's mush. Um, so, it is, in, in, well, yeah. so the rest of that for me personally is, and this is what I see in myself, this is what I see from so many people that I talk with, is they're, they're, they're overworked, there's, there's too many things that they have to get done, and that becomes the priority. The person becomes the secondary. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people are not wired to pay attention to that relationship and to realize mm-hmm. that my words matter, my tone matters, my facial expression matters. As we heard from Sereta earlier, I don't know if you heard it, Brandon, but she has tells where if she gets annoyed, her eye twitches. By the way, do you have a tell that you're aware of? Do you, no. No? Okay. But I, and I'm a darn good poker player. I was going to ask you that, how well you do at the, uh, how well you do at the table. So, um, and Actually, I, I, I'm not a poker player, but I was the dealer for a big poker group I had back in grad school for oh, many wow. years. So if you were the dealer, why weren't you the player? Well, I don't know. Maybe you're not that good at poker anyway. 
Yeah, maybe I'm not. I'm just wondering. But no, I have I have no towels. Oh, wait. I don't know. Or is the dealing this, wait, part wait, would Brandon, be more fun than playing. Brandon, is this part of your hustle? Like, you're going to suck me into a, a poker game because you're the dealer, and then you're going to, like, take me for everything I'm worth? Is that how this works? Yeah, I've got the email queued up as soon as we hang up. Sweet. I'm like, hey, man, you want to go play poker this That's weekend? That's impressive. So another avenue, another aspect of this that I want to ask you about, I mentioned the Jahari window earlier, and, and we're focusing in that one part of the Jahari window where it's a blind spot. The other side of that, uh, of that quadrant is called a facade, where you see something about yourself, but other people can't see that about you. So you create this facade. And I'm curious what you have seen from other people as their biggest facade, the thing that they're trying to cover up the most that they are very, very aware of, but they don't want other people to see it. Wow. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I think in, in, in my world and kind of where I operate the association world, but it's broader than that oftentimes, is what I'll call confidence or what I'll call having the answer, Yeah. right? I yeah. mean, if I go back 10 years, I thought being a leader meant having the answers because the leaders mm. all seem to have the answers. Mm-hmm. As I've progressed in my career in, in life, you know, uh, I, I have realized I don't have the answers, regardless of what my children think. Yeah. I don't have the answers um, rather, I might know a couple questions to ask. So I think oftentimes people in leadership think, you know, they have this perception that they need to know what all the answers yep. are. Um, and so they kind of put out this facade like, hey, I'm the expert on X, and I'm yep. the expert in this industry and on this regulation and on this thing and my members. Um, and they may to an extent, but at the end of the day, I don't think leadership is about having the answers. Yeah. I think leadership is about knowing what questions to ask to get the answers that you know exist on a team, in a yep. membership, in a group, wherever. Well, we're going to leave we're going to leave it on that note, Brandon. That's powerful advice for us as we overcome our blind spots. We want to thank you for being on the Great People Show, and we'll be right My back. Pleasure. Thanks, Brandon. All right. My name is Asher Purvis, General Manager of WNTW 820 The Answer. After experiencing high employee turnover, I remembered my mentor stories about taking the Dale Carnegie course, so I knew where to turn when my troubles began piling up. The Dale Carnegie course was a great success. My turnover issues were solved, my potential unlocked, and I began to pick up additional sales as well. That's why I stand behind the Dale Carnegie course. The Dale Carnegie course put my career on a trajectory for greater success, and it can do the same for you. In fact, I've heard CEO after CEO mention the Dale Carnegie course as being pivotal for their success. Don't take our word for it. Go to DaleCarnegieRichmond.com to register for the upcoming free preview session on June 8th. This is a career-changing decision, and spaces are limited. Don't wait. Register today for the free June 8th session. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Before the book How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie Course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people have experienced Dale Carnegie Courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. Register to attend a free preview of the Dale Carnegie Course on June 8th. Register today at DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Welcome back to the Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White. Also here with us is Kelsey Bridges. And we have calling in today, Val Dunbar. I've known Val for a long time. She's been part of our Dale Carnegie business here in Richmond for a really long time. And she does great work for the community. She works for Chesterfield County. And I always value her insights. So she's here to talk to us about blind spots. Val, welcome. Hi, JJ. How are you doing? You know, could you just add a little bit more enthusiasm to your voice, Val? I mean, we, you know, we, we only blew out two of our towers when you did that, and there's still at least two more to go, so we appreciate that. Gosh! You, you, really you said, know, I can always fulfill a request when needed. Ooh, man, you're going to make my audience double with that kind of enthusiasm. You're raising the bar here. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. 
How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent, even though it's raining. How are you doing? It's raining. Well, that's what happens when you're uh, 100 feet underground in a hidden bunker in a radio station. You just don't know what's going on outside. <laughs> yeah, it just started here in Chesterfield, but it's fine. Yeah, so um, tell us about blind spots. What are the blind spots that you see most often in other people, especially in your line of work? Blind spots, uh, first of all, let me say I think this is an awesome topic that definitely needs to be discussed more. So I appreciate you bringing it to the forefront. Sure. Um, I've been in social services now for 10 years. Wow. And so I'm I'm definitely able to see in others things, you know, that they can't see within themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the major ones that I see, I do, you know, welfare reform. one of the major blind spots I see is people using the past as an excuse for why they aren't where they want to be in life. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to share with you a quote that we just received this morning. Um, A woman registered for a Dale Carnegie course, and she replied to the email on her registration and simply had a quote, Dear past, thanks for all the lessons. Dear future, I'm ready. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to write that down. Well, don't do it now. We got you on the radio. We need your time and attention. <laughs> so um, so does that turn into a vicious cycle with people? Like they just get stuck? It, it, they do. They get stuck in a rut. And then they complain mm. about, oh, you know, I wanted to do this. I want to be here. You're the only person stopping yourself from doing that. Gosh. You are the only obstacle in the way even if it's financial there's loans there's grants there's other you know there's scholarships you know for those trying to go back to school and i'm i'm amazed at things people are holding on from that happened to them when they're when they were like five and they're like 40 now you you said that they are their own obstacle they're the only thing in their way but remember we're talking about blind spots they can't see that. They they, they cannot see, see themselves. They can't see that. So what are the things that you hear them say? Because I think this is really important for our audience. Because I hope that people listening to the show right now go, oh, man, what are my blind spots? So what are things that you hear people say that would indicate to you that they have blind spots? Huh, that's Specifically this question. one. That they are, they're in their own way. That, that they're in their own way. Oh, well, okay, you know, for my line of work, I have a child, so I can't do this. Oh, so they have, well, let's call it an excuse. One of my favorite sayings is, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of bad reasons and good excuses. Which one do you want to hear? <laughs> right? So right. That's, that's, their, that's their good excuse. So they basically take themselves out of the equation. So maybe, right. maybe if you find yourself saying things where you exclude yourself from what's going on when you are at the center of what's going on, then you may have a blind spot. I kind of feel like I'm on the Jeff Foxworthy show. <laughs> <laughs> then you may have a blind spot. <laughs> but they, you know, they, they, they definitely do. And they say things, but because it's a blind spot, they don't realize yeah. it. And like you, you, like you said, it's an obstacle, but they can't see it. And, you know, I'm in a position to help them see it. It's yeah. possible. And it's you. Yep. How do you do that? It really, first of all, I have to develop a trusting relationship with them. Yeah. And once I have individuals' trust, I'm real. There's no sugarcoating it. Yeah. So I bet when you first meet people, and I know you, Val, I bet I bet if you let yourself, you could probably say, what are you doing to yourself? Like, that would be, hi, my name's Val. What are you doing to yourself? <laughs> that probably just would not go over very well, would it? It, it, it wouldn't. Um, one of the ways I address it, you know, I meet new people every week. Yeah. I get new cases every week. And rather than me point out in them what I see, I have them do it. So I'm like, what brings you here today? Why are you here? What brought you to this current situation? Yeah. So you question them into seeing it for themselves. Right. Good for you. See it for yourself because it's not me. It's not my life I'm trying to change. It's not my life I'm trying to impact. I'm trying to do it for you. So, so if you don't see it in yourself, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So Val, I'm going to, I'm going to practice that technique with you. Okay. You ready? Okay. Valerie, what are your blind spots? Okay. I was a little bit more direct with that, but you get the point. <laughs> what are my blind yeah. spots? Yeah. Well, obviously you don't know because they're blind, but what are some blind spots over your, your, your course of growth that other people mm-hmm. that you've, you have found out about yourself as you've grown? 
as I've grown and, you know, I'm continuously growing within personally and professionally, yeah. but I have something I like to call a takeover spirit. Ooh. And what that means is, as you know, if you can't tell, I'm enthusiastic about things, Little. but <laughs> I get so enthused and so excited about stuff. I take on a problem and I take on a project and I make it my own which creates more stress for myself. Yeah, because you own it. You take on you take on all aspects of it. The good, the bad, the ugly. You don't and share. And something that I've um something I've realized with that is it's not looked upon positively by other people Why? because by do, by doing that it makes it seem as though I don't trust them to take on yeah. a problem or a project, and that's not my intent at all. Yeah. Well, you probably I'm find just your enthusiastic. Yeah, you probably find yourself in situations all the time where you get into a group environment. Maybe it's a team at work. Maybe it's a team in your personal life, and they're looking mm-hmm. for a leader, and you end up being the leader a lot, don't you? You get picked. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm on a lot. I, I chair a lot of different committees. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I chair a, a lot of committees, but with that and in personal development, knowing that blind spot, having it brought to my attention, it's helped me delegate. Yeah. What would be a positive blind spot that you have found out about yourself? And we were talking to Brandon earlier where someone in the course of your life just gave you a strength-centered comment. They said to you, you know, you're just so good at this. This is such a gift of yours. And you just went, what? Really? And you just never saw that in yourself. And someone exposed some greatness in you that you just didn't know you had. Have, have you ever have you ever experienced that? I I have. Tell um, us about it. It actually happened this morning, which is crazy. Whoa! <laughs> I was talking to my coworker, and we're talking about you know changing some things at work here. And she was like, "Valerie, you know, you can really make this project your own. You have such a knack with networking with people and creating partnerships." Mm. And how'd that make I you feel? Like, I was like, really? Like, I know I'm like, you know, I'm a gregarious person by nature, but I never looked at it in that context. Yeah. And it made me feel really good that, okay, yes, I have I have another strength that I didn't realize was there. Wow. Good for her. Good for her for bringing that to your attention, too. Because that's, that's a key skill that I see that so many leaders don't exercise often enough is, is to show that strength in others. And good for you for being receptive to it. Well, you know, Dale Carnegie definitely helped me with being able to receive positive feedback. <laughs> and, and you know, I love to hear that. That's fantastic. <laughs> it certainly has. <laughs> so, Val, some 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 parting words for our audience. What's what advice do you give us about identifying and even curing some of our own blind spots? When somebody brings something to your attention, take it and receive it. Take don't react on your first emotion because it's not always going to be positive what they're saying to you. Mm. So just take it and absorb it and see how you can fix it. That's powerful. Val, thanks for joining the show today. Val Dunbar from Chesterfield. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks, JJ. Have a good one. You too. So today we've been talking a lot about blind spots. And now I guess I can't call this our new segment because we did it on our first show and, and this is the second time, so it's not new anymore. It's our motivational monologue. And as I just take in everything that we've talked about today when it comes to being in our own way, and if I had to rename the show, maybe that's what I would call it, is being in our own way. And this is a harsh truth that I heard a long time ago. The common denominator in all of your bad relationships is you. <laughs> Talk about hitting between the eyes on that one. Mm-hmm. And I heard, I heard that with, with what we heard. I heard that from Brandon. I heard that from Val, that, that we get so self-centered. It's very, very difficult for us to pull ourselves out of this equation, to want to do anything different, to even see anything different. And if you're going to do something to become great. If you have a plan for greatness, a path to greatness, a goal to be better than who you are today, because that's really what we're talking about. We're not talking about like uh, becoming president of the United States or being big CEO of a company and making millions and millions of dollars. That might be your version of great, but our version of great on this show, because this is this show is your guide to greatness. Our version of becoming great is taking who you are. And getting better. 
And if we take what we heard on the show today, it's not for ourselves as much as it is for the other people around us in our life. And a big step in that process is to find people in your life that are willing to deliver hard truths that you respect, admire, and trust. And you're surrounded by people right now that you respect, admire, and trust. But you have not given them permission to be truthful with you. So we started the show with me talking about asking my wife, what are my blind spots? That ain't easy. (laughs) That ain't easy. So that would be the first thing that most of you need to do. If you're married, go to your spouse and say, what are my blind spots? And guess what they're going to say? Huh? Guess what else they're going to say? Can I think about it? (laughs) Don't let them off the hook. Say, no, you know what they are. What's holding me back from being great? What's holding me back from being great in our relationship? What's holding me great from being a better parent, being a better employee, being a better boss? There's so many options here. And I'm going to end with the quote that we mentioned earlier when we were talking to Val. Dear past, thanks for all the lessons. Dear future, I'm ready. We want to hear from you. We want to know what topics you want us to talk about. We want to know what's holding you back from greatness and how we can help. You can email me at jj at greatpeopleshow.com. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. We are everywhere. Thank you for joining. This is The Great People Show. Where'd you want to go?